so good to be with you this morning. Um, my name is Judah, for those who don't know me. I'm one of the, the pastors here and elders of this church. And it's a privilege to share the Word of God with you this morning. And I was so grateful for what God brought us from um, Pastor Chris last week. And it was just so... He, 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 he emailed me back and he said it was such a joy to be with this church and uh, you guys have been so warm and he believes that there was something that God was doing just in the life of our church which is so important uh, that God was calling us to things um, so if you heard that word that God gave us through Hannah earlier during worship it wasn't just because it's in the word and it applies to everybody but specifically for word of grace there are things that God would have us do and be in these days um, that serve as a ministry, a place of healing, a place of restoration, a place of a cool spring of water for what God is doing in our community, but also the earth. So don't for a second minimize this or make this so generalized that you feel, well, this is for everybody, so it's the same thing. No, but specifically for you who are in Word of Grace, um, God has really, really been speaking about what He's calling us to as a local church. God has given the body of Christ such unique gifts and everywhere, all across the earth. And Word of Grace is a small part of that. And it would be negligent of us to just think we are all the same. We're not. God has a very specific ministry for each of us individually. But as a corporate church, there are things that he would have us do that we will miss because we think, oh, guess I, I guess I'm just the church. So we'll do whatever. We'll just love people, give to needy people. You get into Christianity and not into what is the call of God. You need to know that everything that you have has come from God. You need to know what God has called you to and what He has not called you to. Right? And then you need to know that He must increase within you. And in our church, we are calling. We are saying, Lord, we are willing. Right? We are not going to shrink back. We're not going to hold back. We're going to say, Lord, we're coming after everything that you have for us. But this morning, as I was just worshiping along with all of us, I could hear this, and I want to go to this scripture first. It's found in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 27. And if you're watching online or you are in a place in this room and you're, this might be something that's in your heart. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint. He does not grow weary. His understanding is insearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth, 
Young people will grow faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But anyone who waits for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. This is a reading from God's word, but it is a word that God is speaking to you right now. So I would ask you to respond to this word because if there are things right now that are hiding within your heart that says, I don't know if he sees me. I don't think God really cares about this need. God wants to address that this morning. He already addressed that earlier during worship while we were singing. But that is going to be the refrain that we're going to carry on with. Because I believe that this is a now word. This is not just because it's in the word of God. It is a word for everybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? I totally understand that this is something that applies to everybody. But for you who are under the power of my voice. So if you're listening online or you're in this room. I want you to know that God is addressing something that is secretly trying to tell you. My way is hidden from God. He doesn't see my cause. He doesn't know Nobody gets what I'm going through. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard that the, the Lord your God is the everlasting God? He's the one who made everything you see. And that God says, I see you. If you will just wait for me. So this, as I go through this message, I would invite you. To wait for the Lord. There is something that he has to give which will not be my word. Which will not be coming from my teaching. It will come straight from the mouth of God. Because man shall not live by bread alone. But will live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So ready your heart for what God will do. So I'm going to be working through this series called Bring It On. I was telling Sam... I was stuck with, uh, uh, like, how do I, I mean, everyone who's watched the movie knows this, this phrase, but uh, if you're a millennial, you know it, um, but what is the, the response of the believer, the response of the saint to hardship and trial? It's not a bravado, bring it on. It's not a, I guess I got to stick it out it's none of those things but it is found in Isaiah chapter 50 and I'm going to read this passage of scripture and I want you to see this is the context for how believers walk through struggles we Donovan taught us when he took took us through James chapter 1 right and he talked about counting it pure joy when you encounter trials because the testing of your faith produces endurance And we must let it have its full work so that you will be full and complete, mature, lacking nothing. Yeah, okay. But it still is really hard going through this. How many of you were happy and laughing when you went through devastating things? Uh, Not me. How do you count it joy? How do you count, or put it in a more colloquial phrase, how do you regard the trials you go through 
as something that you can be settled about, not have to be concerned that you're, you're hidden, that your cause is not even regarded by God. He's like, I see you. How can you be settled? That gives you a sense of joy and peace. Isaiah 50, verse 4 through 8. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning, he awakens me. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, and I did not back away. When I heard God speak, I did not back away. And what did I do instead? Where did my back go? I turned my back to those who strike. And my cheeks to those who pluck out or pull the beard out. These are like, you're like, whoa, intense, dude. But this is the response of someone who says, I have made God my hiding place. I did not hide my face from disgrace and spitting. Do you see that this is talking about Jesus? But the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. So instead of calling the series A Face Like Flint, which would have totally been like, huh? For some of you in the room, that is why I called it Bring It On. But it comes from this phrase, which in, in Hebrew literature and in, in the Bible specifically, whenever it talks about flint, flint was known to be a rock that was so hard that it was used as an abrasive to, to either cut or something that could withstand a lot of pressure. It was the steel of its day. So you're saying, I have set my face like something that can take a beating. It's going to be set against whatever this is. It's not going to be against God. It's going to be against whatever this, the spitting, the disgrace, the, the people who revile me, the situations that seem to be so overwhelming. I've set my face squarely against it. I'm not going to turn away because even though I want to. How many of you walk through situations where you feel like, can it just be tomorrow already? Hmm? I feel like that sometimes during every, every week. There are times my wife and I, she will ask me, I'm like, I need to get my heart to a place because she'll be like, where, 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 what's going on with you? And I don't know how to express exactly where I'm at, just headspace-wise. And I just want to sleep, but I cannot sleep. I want to just relax, but I cannot relax. Anyone identify with that feeling? Okay. Now, when you have that, you have an option at that point to say, I just want the ground to like, just make a little hole there and just sit in there for a bit. But who is your hiding place? And that is what I want to get to today. When God, who sees you in that place, He sees you in that place. He's not unaware of your situation. But He's saying, will you wait for me? Will you come to me? 
Because I will give you a word that will sustain you. And not just sustain you, the people around you who also want to put their head in the sand and just be like, I just don't want to deal with today. There's just so much going on. He says, I will give you a word even for them. Because he will awaken you every morning. Like someone who is being taught, I will teach you how to navigate this. You're not alone. I will take you through it. But the Lord God has helps me, so therefore I have not been disgraced. I've set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. So when you are in a place where you feel backed up against the wall, there is no options left for you. I want you to know, God says, I will be your hiding place. I will be your rock of refuge. You don't, I'm not trying to tell you to be brave or sit there and start taking, um, we're not even talking offense yet. So even though the title of this series is Bring It On, I don't want you to get confused that I'm suddenly calling you to, all right, call to action, let's get ready for, you know, let's take, take it to the enemy, we're going to sock him in the face. No, no, we're not, we're not going there yet, at least. Because I want you to first understand that before you bring it on, you need to bring yourself to the one who cares. And that's going to be my message. Today we're going to be dealing with casting your cares. Because you need to know this very fundamental truth. God cares for you. It seems so simple. Seems so basic. Judah, preach another message. I, I already got that one in the book. But you know what? When you're walking through those moments where you feel like, I don't know if I can face Whatever this is, I don't know if I can look at tomorrow yet. What is being assaulted is God doesn't care for you. What is being addressed is, did God really say? Did God really say he would watch out for you? Whoa. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Everything is provided. Everything. Did God really say that? I mean, come on. This is an option. It's really good. We don't necessarily think about trial and tribulation and suffering and hardship as things that are going to be long term. We always want it to be one and done. We're good. Graduated. Got the card. Got the t-shirt. Everything. Let's go. Moving on. And in Christian circles, and which is why I want to touch on both things. It's one thing to walk through hardship. It's a totally different thing to want to escape it super quick. Because the point of problems is you want it to be done already. You never want it to be anything that lasts more than a brief moment. So when the waiting on the Lord and when the hiding yourself in God and knowing that the Lord is my shepherd I shall not lack anything looks slightly different from my vantage point 
it took more than a hot minute. It was like, mm, this is starting to take like two days. It's starting to become a year. This is a bit much. Do you really care? Do you see that accusation against God? Just like, it's, it's, on, it's on the back burner somewhere, you know, on your cooking stove, like somewhere back there, just cooking. I mean, I've been struggling with this job thing for about two years now. This marriage problem, man, it's sheesh. And we're never willing to get to that simple place of saying, Lord, you care for me. Show me these things in the midst of this. He's willing to walk you through a lot of things. But it is a place, it's a position, and this is what, I mean, I, I, she and I did not talk through this, but when, when she was sharing with you about what it was finished at the cross, what God wanted you to see is there is a position that He has given you that you need to walk out. It's not going to just be like, oh yeah, so Jesus did everything on the cross. He's calling you into something. Romans chapter 5, this is not in my notes. Romans chapter 5, because I want you to understand this. It's, it's, it's very in, essential that you understand this from Scripture. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, now that we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Can you say that with me? Peace with God. What does that mean? That means there is no more war between you and God. Do you understand me? There is no more war between you and God. So when we come to a verse like um, Philippians chapter 4. And verse 7 it says, And let the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What was that again? Let the peace of God. Can you say that with me? The peace of God is not the same as the peace with God. Okay? Say this with me. The peace with God is not the same as the peace of God. Together, the peace with God is not the same as the peace of God. Why? Because enmity with God, where God was the one that you were watching out for, He's, he's going to get me He's going to cause something to go wrong. He's going to teach me a lesson. All of these things come from a conscience that's constantly looking as God as the one that you got to watch out for. You're staying in a defensive pattern of how do I make sure I don't take God off? Do you understand? How many of you resonate with that feeling? Ah, it's because there's this understanding I've, I've not yet had peace with God. But when God says, you have placed your faith in my son Jesus, that's what this verse, Romans 5 verse 1 says, therefore, since you have been justified, you've been made right by faith in God, you have peace with him. You have peace with him. There is no more war between you and God. Now you have the gift, which is the peace of God. He says, now I give you peace, not like the world gives. The peace I give cannot be taken away. 
My peace I will leave with you. Do you understand? It is not him suddenly saying, I will give you nice feelings. He's talking about walking through things with you because there was something that was sorted out positionally. You're not looking behind your shoulder thinking God is trying to use something in your life to teach you a lesson. I have heard countless messages where people talk about circumstance as God teaching you a lesson. It's because it does not deal with this fundamental truth. If you have peace with God, God is not trying to teach you a lesson by causing something. Okay, let me put it in simpler terms so you get exactly what I mean. Can God teach you a lesson through circumstances? Absolutely. That's a given. But let me, un- let me help you understand this this way. If you have a kid, and they're getting ready to go get a car, go get an apartment, you've raised this kid up, now they come to you, someone's trying to swindle them, you know, telling them you got to put one whole year's deposit down for the apartment, okay, it's going to cost you 20 grand, and then I'll give you like a handshake deal on the apartment. You're like, mm, no. But navigating it, say your kid goes and does that. Now, as a parent, you're stuck with, how do I walk this child through this? They've gone and wrecked the car. Another scenario. Do they get another car just straight away? Sometimes you might be able to, but sometimes you cannot. Do you just solve the problem for them? Ta-da! Now, there are certain things that at that kind, did I cause the accident? Did I cause the swindling that happened to them? No, I did not. But in this, I will use this to my benefit as a parent to say, I'm going to walk you through some things right now, buddy. Guess what? I'm your parent for a reason. You did not take my counsel before you got into this deal. I will walk you through it. But we're $20,000 in the hole now. Do, do you understand? It's, does it make the situation any lighter? No. But do you have someone who is in your corner? Yes. And will he teach you something? You bet it. Because he doesn't want you wasting $20,000 again. Do you start to understand the parenting aspect of how God raises up his kids? He is not going to just simply say, I'm going to go cause something. And this is why this kind of lopsided theology comes up. If God was good, why didn't he? Why didn't he stop this? Why didn't he cause this? Because it comes from this very faulty understanding that because God is in charge of all things, He's going to control everything and fit it so that it all works out for you. He's like, no, 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 no. You have an enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us we're not fighting people. You have an enemy who's saying, I want to tear down the work of God in your life, and I want this person to lay aside the things that God has called them to. Why? 
Not because of you, because the kingdom of God is constantly advancing against the kingdom of darkness. There is no scenario in which the enemy wins. But he would love to take as many down as he goes down. So you are not fighting something where it's just like, oh, I guess it's just a job problem or it's just a marriage problem. What you are going through is serious. Nothing is mundane. Nothing is insignificant. The war for your thought life is an important one. It's not just you having a bad day. Do you get me? It's not just you like, oh, I guess I just got to get over my funk. You're, I'm talking to me. I'm not talking to you. These are things I struggle with. There are days when my wife will like, be like, whoa, you, there's some, something going on here. Some funky juice. Like, what is this? It's because I need to set my heart to say, Lord, I need to understand what you are doing spiritually. Because there are certain things that I'm so, I feel like myself succumbing to because I haven't made you my hiding place. All this to say, you are going through something that is vitally important. And he will not let the enemy just get one over you and be like, oh, I guess chalk it up. You win some, lose some. No. He's like, I'm going to teach you through that. Now do you get the whole context for God teaching you a lesson? It's never to, I will cause something to happen in your life so that I can teach you a lesson. We have an enemy and the test that he calls us to, when he called Israel into the desert, when he, all of those things, he's training them through the things that they will encounter. He will use every single situation. So are there things that will be hard things that he calls you to? Yes. But he will never do anything to damage you as part of things that he uses as training. Do you hear me? There are things that are out to get you and damage you. God, when he trains, he doesn't try to damage you. And this is the thing, we often merge all these things. We merge the tests of God where he's calling us into maturity alongside trials that come from the enemy. Do you get me? Tests from God are not the same as trials and schemes that are against you. We blend all of this together into one big happy family of badness. And we think, oh, we're just going through a bad season. How do you distinguish between when God is testing and proving what is good within you and how to understand there is a war I'm in and I need to stand up against this? Are you hearing me? Because you need to be able to discern the difference. This is not something I'm escaping tomorrow. Because God is putting his finger on something. The discipline of the Lord, the training of God, is not something I want to run from. I want to invite it because he comforts me. He leads me beside still waters. He will restore my soul. He is the one who has led me down this path. But even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which was not his intent, I will fear no evil because you're with me. 
I still have the parent who's saying, you're walking through something where, which is not, which is, this is danger zone. This is not something we're trying to hang around in. Are you, are you getting me? Now, are you starting to see the difference between these two things? I'm not trying to stay in the midst of something that was sent by the enemy. But something sent by God, I want to respond to his voice. And all of this hinges on God loves me and cares for me. I need to know his heart. When I know his heart on a matter, then I'm able to discern this is something I need to submit to God over. He's calling me to submit. He's calling me to surrender. He's calling me to lay down. This one, he's calling me to stand up and fight. He's calling me to put my foot down and not budge. Both need to happen. So in Christianity, when you have people say, oh, well, we'll just pray it away. Uh, some of these things are not a pray it away kind of thing. Oh, the, you know, pray that this happens and that. It's, we get super specific with God when we want something. Right? But somehow when God is to walking us through something, we're not willing to say, Lord, I ask that you'd open my eyes to see what you are doing. Open my eyes to the reality of what I'm walking in. Is this something I stand my ground in? Or is this something you're calling me to put my head down in the dirt and say, I have been wrong. I have rebelled against God. I have not responded to your voice when you called to me. Lord, I forgive me. Do, do you understand the difference? There are two things that can happen in your life during you, the, the trials that you face. You will think, oh, it's all the same thing. It isn't. It isn't. God is raising up children in maturity, but he's saying, I want you to know that there are certain things that I did not cause. I did not bring this into your life. These are things that are happening because you did not take my counsel. These are things that are happening because you have an enemy who's against you. But when you come to me, who is the source of your life, I will help you navigate it. I will awaken you with a word that will sustain you and the weary person in your lives. I will teach you how to navigate this. You will never be left confused. Well, wait. Uh, uh, this is from God? No, this is the enemy. How many of you have woken up? I don't know if I'm being attacked. Sp you know, like how sometimes we're like, I feel like it's a spiritual attack. Like it's more like a question. It's like, is it? Just like bad stuff keeps happening. Uh, that kind of put my finger in the wind kind of discernment is not what we need in the church today. If I live by the word of God and every word that proceeds from God, I respond to his voice by saying, Lord, you have someone, a son, a daughter, who's ready to respond to you because you care for me. I will never go back to you and say, you don't care for me. That's why this is happening. I refuse to let my heart rebel against you that way. So when I bring a soft heart to this conversation of hardship, I first must understand he sees me. He's not unaware of what I'm walking through. Now, Lord, you see and you know me. You know me from afar. 
Psalm 139, verses 28, 29. You, you see, you know every single thing about me. Search me and know my heart. That word there is, know the anxious fretting that sometimes goes on in my heart. See if there's anything that violates the covenant I have with you, the offensive way within me. That thinks you don't care, that you don't, you don't know about this, or you don't care about this, or you, it's too small a thing for you to worry about. I don't want to worry God with this. I'm, hey, I'm talking about things that we've all felt, right? These are things I have walked through myself. And many of you have come to me with similar things. We walk through these things and we feel so at a loss sometimes because you're like, I don't know what's going on. And God's saying, I see you. I will lead you in the path that is everlasting. I will lead you. I will walk with you. I will never abandon you. How could you think that I would abandon you? So the first place of truth is understanding that peace with God leads you to a place of making decisions from relationship. You have a union with God that no one can separate. Romans 8 goes through this very clearly. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing! Your family background, what you got right, what you didn't get right, God will never hold any of that against you because it's been dealt with on the cross. So if it has been dealt with on the cross, He comes to you and He says, will you take my hand and walk through this? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-7, through 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that He may exalt you at the proper time. Casting all your anxieties on Him. Are there things that you are worried about? Are there things that you're concerned about? Are you wondering, when will, this, when will I get this break? When will this change? When will this shift? How long am I going to be stuck in this place? Casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. He cares for you. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Jesus says this, and we covered this a few weeks ago. Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. That rest is what we were talking about when we said the peace of God. There is something I have for you which is a gift that I will give you that will be such a strong place for you as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your soul. This is something that I constantly, especially this past week, the Lord has been bringing this verse back to mind because there are so many times I wake up and I'm like, oh. And that uh, feeling wants you to stay there. But I cannot. Because I have made the most high my dwelling place. I have made God my refuge. So if I do not go to God with that, uh, it becomes more than a, uh, 
it becomes a, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. My cause is hidden from God. He doesn't even look after me. He doesn't even care for me. Do you see how you can go down that road very quickly? Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. God won't allow it. And this isn't circumstantial. This has to do with you being so set in a place of peace with God that now the peace of God has the ability to guard your heart and mind in these things. This is how you can count it pure joy. Do, do you get it? It's not suddenly saying you're suddenly going, Yay, I'm going through trouble. No. That's fake. And if you've been around church environments where someone's like, Come on, you've got to speak it and believe it. and like, I would much rather you meet with the promise maker and the promise keeper rather than just the promise. Do you, do you hear me? Because this is where we get off track. We get into, well, it's in the Word. Well, I know it's in the Word. Lots of things are in the Word. But what isn't in the Word is this, let's just speak it out and therefore I will. No. Meet with Him by necessity. When I meet with the way maker, when I meet with the promise keeper, when I meet with the one who is light in the darkness, then suddenly light for my darkness makes sense. Promises that make that that are provision for me make sense. All of these things start to become life and abundance for me, not because I claimed it, but because I met with the one who made it. Now if you met some person on the street and they said, hey, I'll, I'll give you 50 bucks if you do, you know, I'll give you a giant eagle gift card. You're like, okay. But if somebody you know says, hey, I have a giant eagle gift card for you. Do you see how knowing who said it leads to a certain place of either discomfort or like, oh, thank you. How that response is completely different. Does this some random person on the street, hey, I got a $50 gift card for you. Do you understand? You wouldn't walk up to somebody who says that on the street. You're like, okay, what do you want? Who are you, creep? Like that kind of stuff is going through your head. Even though they actually might be holding a $50 gift card. But when someone you love, when someone you know, someone you trust says, hey, I've been meaning to give you this. This is a $50 gift card for you. Wow. There's a response that immediately res responds to receive. Does that make sense? That's, that's what it is like with God. We often end up chasing the $50 gift card and forget like, who, again, what did God say? When did he say this? What context was this in? Is he saying this to me? These are the things that, you, that come from a lowly heart, from a heart that's willing to say, I will take your yoke upon me and learn from you. What are the things you want to teach me as I walk through this day? In John 14, he says, 
In verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Do you hear Jesus talking to you this morning? There's so much that can grab your attention. As we go through the rest of the series, I will unpack a little bit more of you distinguishing between what is a test from God that He caused, that He's calling you to, that you need to respond to, and what are the trials that come in your life which He did not try and make happen, but He will use for His glory. He will never be outdone by an enemy that seeks to destroy you. How do I stand up in the face of that? Both of these situations need a peace of God that rules and governs and umpires your heart as you navigate it. Because guess what? All of this can become so messy and we just want to put our head down and say, can this all just be over? If I know God sees me, He's not unaware of my problems, but I will seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. He knows I need all these things. Matthew chapter 5, when He talks about this, He's bringing us to a place of seeking after what matters to Him. And when we do that, He says, I love you and I love to give you good things. I will never use your brokenness to be like, see, now let me show you how I can use that. No. My heart was so awakened to the, this this morning because I could see it over this generation. The word of you are not significant. You will not be understood. I could see it almost like this huge banner over this generation, this next generation. From school students all the way through college and young adulthood. This is a lie that has been sold to this generation where you're trying to make up for it with all kinds of things. And God says, don't you know I see you? I see you. You don't have to make up anything. You don't have to even look like someone else. You don't have to join the group think just because it makes you fit in. I see you. I see what you're going through. I've said these things to you in verse, chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. It's not going to be easy, folks. You are going to have trouble. But take heart. I've already overcome the world. Because greater is he who is in you than Satan who has been roaming around the world trying to draw things, trying to draw you off your, your game, trying to draw you into things you're not called to, trying to draw you into settling for. He says, I've called you to something far bigger. And it's got nothing to do with bravado. It's got nothing to do with, oh, here, look at me, I did it. No, he says, I will take the meek. I will take the lowly things of this world and take them on a journey where my treasure, which is in this jar of clay, will show that the surpassing power belongs to God. That He is the one who is at work within you. 
And this is where I want to end. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. This is a Christmas verse. We're not at Christmas yet, but hey, Christmas can start right now. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, this is something that is often saved for Christmas time, but this is a now word. And God wants you to know that he is God with us. That he is not God for you. He is God when you go to him. He says, I will come and I will be with you. Which is why the story and the work of Jesus is not just one for the history books. It is one that is now because he says, I'm not coming to leave you and abandon you. John chapter 14, he says, I will come to you. I will not leave you as an orphan trying to figure your way out in the world without hope, without resource, without provision. I will come to you and I will be with you. So let us draw near to the throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's just draw near. You have confidence because you have peace with God. So draw near to the throne of grace that you may receive mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. So are there needs in this room right now? Are there needs online? I cannot even begin to help even a quarter of them. But God, the God of all grace and mercy, He says, I've come not just to solve your problem if you do the right Christian things. He says, no, right in the mess, right in the middle of the turmoil, right in the middle of the storm, right in the middle of whatever it is. He says, I will be with you and I will teach you to navigate it. So shall we do that together? Let's come back to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, we thank you that we have peace with God. That you are not against us, but you are for us. Lord, I ask that this would be a revelation that you would give each one who is hearing my voice right now. Lord, that you would grant them a revelation that there is no more war with you. That your care for them, that they are family, that they are blood, one blood with you, they are one spirit with you, that you are the God who fights for them. That their cause is not hidden from you. That you desire to do them good. That you desire to walk them through things. So Lord, I ask that every attack of the enemy, every place where they have been uh, so discouraged or struck down, Lord, I ask that your work within them would bear much fruit this week. Lord, I ask that there would be such an internal knowing of these things. Lord, that they would have the strength to stand and return to you with a heart that says, Lord, here I am. Here are the things that you have given me. I come and return it back to you again. So, Lord, we commit each and every need in this room and online to your care. Knowing that you care for us, that you love us that the cross has done it all, that we may be able to stand, not in our strength, but in the strength of Jesus. May your glory be seen in us this week. May your treasure in these jars of clay be revealed. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.